Welcome to the Habits and Hustle podcast, a podcast that uncovers the rituals, unspoken habits, and mindsets of extraordinary people. A podcast powered by Habit Nest. Now here's your host, Jennifer Cohen. Today on Habits and Hustle, we have Dr. Mindy Pels, who is uh, an expert in fasting, right? She's an expert in fasting, and she created a, a diet called the Resetter Diet. And uh, I really wanted to speak with you because um, I'm actually very curious about fasting. I've, I've kind of been uh, kind of like a non-believer, so to speak, because I think I don't really understand all the all the nooks and crannies of of the benefits. Yep. So I, really, I want you know, so I wanted to get you on, and, and I guess first start with why. I think it's become such a fad and such a trend right now. Why do you, what is it about fasting? Can you just kind of break it down from the beginning? Why has fasting become the new, you know, coconut oil or the new, right. you know, yeah. kale? Right. So, it, you know, I think you have to go back to look at how we were designed. So the human body was designed to go without food. And when you go without food, there's some really interesting chemical reactions that happen that people are finding are really healing. They, your body starts to uh, drop weight. They, they, it can help enhance brain function. So what people, why the fasting craze has caught on so much is that all we're doing is going back to how we were originally designed. So if we just like kind of dive back into caveman days and you think about it, like we didn't have food accessible to us all day long. So we, the cave people would wake up and they would have to go out and hunt. So in order to go hunt, it was in their best interest for their body to have energy, to have really incredible mental clarity, and they needed to be at their best so they could go make a kill. And so we literally have a whole chemistry system and we can break down what exactly that is that kicks in when we don't eat food. And the minute you eat food, you shut this chemistry off. And that's what people are discovering with fasting is all of a sudden they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that ketones could help my brain power. I didn't know that my body would detoxify itself. I didn't realize that I would have more GABA production, which calms you. So there's like this whole chemical reaction that takes place when you fast. And then if you now look at what science is proving what why this is working so well. So it's a combination of us going back to our ancestors, the way we're born, we were designed. Now people are getting results and now science is showing us why. So okay, so let me start with this. So how did you become um an, a, a leading expert in fasting in the first place. Did you have some health issue that kind of you had to figure out on your own? Or yeah. it's a great question. So I always say that my biggest thing uh, that happened to me was my uh, about mid forties. I started going through menopause and having like really obscure symptoms. So the biggest one was that at about forty five, you know, I was a long distance runner. I was paleo at the time. Um, and it's breakfast was, I was eating six, eight meals at small little meals a day. I was a, a big into like the snacking mentality. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I just noticed I, I was putting on weight. I wasn't able to get that little, like when the five pounds creep on and then they won't go off. Like I could, all my old tricks weren't working. Yeah. And so yeah. Don't I know it. <laughs> right? And I was like, what is that? Right. And so what I found is that it was for women, when we go into our 40s, we become as estrogen goes down, we and we become more insulin resistant. Mm -hmm. And so we need more strategies to be able to drop weight. And so that's how I found fasting. I found the ketogenic diet. But honestly, the fasting has just been incredible. It's been incredible. Like I've been able to really shorten my workouts because like my joints were hurting and I was, you know, I kept trying to work out more. Well, maybe I need to work out more yeah. and harder. Or differently. Exactly. Yeah. Or differently. So wait, you said when you were 45, I mean, you look pretty young. How old are you now? I'm 50. Okay. You're 50. Okay. So you started this whole thing about five years yeah. ago or so. Yep. Uh, and so you were really doing it because at the beginning you were kind of doing, like you said, all these little you know, tips and tricks that you've always done. 
And that five pounds, it was really more for like for weight loss than for anything at the time. It correct? started as that. Yeah. Yeah. It started as that. And, and it worked. So you basically started the fat. What was the first kind of fast that you started with? The first thing I did was intermittent fasting, which is right. 13 to 15 hours without food. So you skip breakfast. Right. And did that by itself let you lose the five pounds? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it, what it, it did is as I started intermittent fast, at first, by the way, I was very dubious. I was like, okay, I'll try this one day. And mm -hmm. then I, like, I realized, yeah. oh, wait, this you're supposed to do every day. And I was like, right. no way. Like, I had a whole breakfast plan. I was a smoothie girl in the morning. Like, I had a whole health plan around my breakfast. So it took me probably a couple of months to embrace that I was going to do this not just once. I was going to do it you know, every day. So once I did, the first thing that changed for me is that my, I stopped crashing at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So my energy shifted. Mm -hmm. And then I would say the second thing was I noticed I started to... like When you become a fat burner, the way that you lose weight um, is totally different. You lose it like in the places that you want to lose it, like in your belly, like around your, you know, your back and your booty. I think that was the first thing I noticed, like my pants were fitting looser. I was going down a belt buckle, but I wasn't really seeing it on the scale. I just felt like I, like there was something shifting my shape. Right. And, and then from there, I started to do less exercise because I was getting injured. I had knee and hip and all kinds of problems from so much running. And then I noticed, wait a second, if I don't exercise as much, I actually, like, I'm still losing weight. I'm still feeling good. Like, what was that about? And then that's kind of launched me into a whole, like, what else could I do with fasting? Right, right, right. I mean, this is interesting because, you know, a couple of things that I think about with that is, you know, being in the health industry, right? I mean, people think it's working out, but the reality is it's about 80%, I think even more, I think it's even 90% of what you eat makes a difference, right? It's not exercise. Exercise helps you tone. It's good for all the other health benefits like your mood, your stress, all the other stuff. Um, but if you want to lose actual fat, you need to be eating differently. Yep. So, uh, right. So, but I think it's all psychological. People think if I just run faster, longer, harder, yep. it will work. And it's actually, it's, it's myth. Yep. Um, but that's the first thing I wanted to, to make a comment on. But the other thing I wanted to say is, isn't it, I mean, I still get stuck in this whole idea that it really is about calories, right? Because when you shorten the window, when you eat, right, it's, you're limiting the amount of calories you're able to eat, right? So is it, why do you have to start? Why do you have to fat? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's very confusing. So, okay. So let me, let me give you a, an analogy. So actually it's not about the calories. You are eating less calories because what you do is you're shortening your eating window. We call it a fasting right. window and an eating window. So that that's happening. Um, but it, what we have learned recently is that we hold on to weight because of hormonal issues. And right. one of the big hormones that, that causes us to hold on to weight is insulin. So when we are eating, let's say we're eating, let's use Weight Watchers as an example, because I like to pick on them because sometimes I feel like people go in the prepackaged food and it's full of chemicals. It can be full of sugar yeah. and you're- Right. And you're eating that stuff, but you're not. So you're minimizing your calories, but you're not necessarily minimizing your insulin production. So if you don't minimize your insulin production, the body says, there's a lot of insulin here. I'm going to have to go store it somewhere. So I'm going to go store it in fat. And it, and it uses fat as a place of storage. So that you hear this with people who have fatty liver. You look at them, they're like men, this happens a lot where they look super skinny, but they have this, they're dying of a fatty liver because all their sugar is being stored in fat around the liver. So for many people, that's what's happening with fat around their belly and other areas. So when you fast and you bring insulin down, what the body says is, okay, well, I don't have any insulin coming because food's not coming. So let me go find that insulin I stored years ago and let me burn that up and let me go find the sugar I stored years ago. Let me go burn the stuff that I stored a long time ago. And that's why it's such an incredible, why it's working so well. 
So I, I, it's funny that you mentioned Weight Watchers because I'm actually a big fan. I, I worked with Weight Watchers many years. Chemicals. No, but no, but I, that's, that's about packaged food. But what I liked about weight, what I do still like about Weight Watchers, and I've seen so many people have success on it for, for many reasons. Number one, it's a point system yeah. where it's tracking. So if people don't know what to, like how much to eat, a por- they don't know what portion control is. They don't know how and what to do. It gives you a guided system, which I thought, not only me, it's, it's had, from what I've seen, a lot of success over many, many years. Plus, it has that built-in community when you have those meetings oh, and the groups sure. that you, yeah. right? And it keeps you, and it gives you that accountability because you got to weigh in every week. So let's pick on Jenny Craig if we're going to yeah, pick we, on anybody. Say, we can pick on another one. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Let's pick on that. But, but I understand. I, I really want people to see. So I know. I'm teasing you. But... <laughs> But what I was going to say, though, is um, I feel like it's like this is all very psychological, right? Because people think not eating breakfast, then what? So like if if you're saying you get good results with that intermittent fasting, which is the eight hour, let's say the eight hour window where you're allowed to eat, right? Yep. Because that's what it is. That's like the basics, right? Then you can, of course, increase. Why not just stay there? Why are you then taking it to all these other oh, types of factors? Great idea. Great idea. And I, let me just make one other comment. What I would encourage your listeners to do is if they are doing Weight Watchers and they love it, just throw in some intermittent fasting and see if you get better results. So yeah, that's a good idea. It's a because it can, you can take fasting and apply it to any diet. So you can yeah. be paleo, keto, vegetarian, Weight Watchers, Jenny Craig. You can do all that. So, okay. So at each hour you fast, something different is happening. So 13 to 15 hours, we get growth hormone spikes. And growth hormone will slow the aging process down and will cause your body to start to burn fat. So we also have seen great studies with 13 to 15 hours brings inflammation down, um, there was a New England Journal of Medicine article that came out where they studied, they looked at over 1,500 peer-reviewed journals on intermittent fasting, people doing 13 to 15 hours. And they came out and said, all doctors should be using intermittent fasting as their first tool to help chronic disease. So that 13 oh. to 15 hours is crucial for your body just to go into more of a repair mode. But mm. with 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 uh, weight loss, you're now at 13 hours getting growth hormone, and growth hormone is stops producing in our body at 30. So this is why it's harder to lose weight as we get older. One of the reasons. So now you're accessing growth hormone. Then at 17 hours, something called autophagy happens, and autophagy is where the cells have this intelligence inside of them, and they basically say okay, no food's coming. I can see this. So I better look within the cell and clean up what's in the cell and eat the toxins inside the bacteria that's inside the cell. So the cell literally turns within itself and it starts to detoxify. So a lot of people doing 17-hour fast, now what they're noticing is, okay, wait, you know, like that skin condition I had, that um, that chronic joint pain I had, like things that were that symptoms that were uh, were piling on top of each other, my body's strangely healing that now. Now, if you go 24 hours, one of the things that happens that we've seen off research is that your intestinal st- uh, the the mucosa mucosal lining in your in your intestinal tract will start to produce stem cells and will repair your whole intestinal tract and make it easier for bacteria to grow that are good. And some of those bacteria actually speed up your metabolism and help you burn fat. So each hour you're getting something more and more. I mean, I can continue on like, you know, you can even go like 48 hours and your dopamine receptor sites have all been reset. At 72 hours, you get stem cell production. So your whole immune system resets. And if you have any chronic musculoskeletal cyst, uh, injuries, those tend to heal. So each, the longer you go, the more benefit you get. So this is why I wanted you on the podcast, right? Because a lot of people are doing fasting and talk about fasting, but you have all these groups of people that you put together and you guys are doing these like five-day fasts together on a regular basis. Yeah. And like, you know, I've been taught my whole life, and this is why it's so difficult for me to wrap my head around it, that like, 
you, you put your body on, in starvation mode if you don't constantly feed it, right? Because that's how you rev up your metabolism. You eat breakfast first thing in the morning to get your metabolism going. So this is such a different way of thinking and a different, a totally different thought process that, that has shown such great results. Um, so what happens to all that research that talks about putting your body in starvation mode when you don't eat? Like, how do you go five days and not eat like <laughs> an apple? Like, aren't you going to die? I would, like, I would love to come and like walk you through that process. because you, you I can't be- even imagine. <laughs> I honestly, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Like even the intermittent fasting of just having an eight hour window to me is so like, it's so difficult to even fathom. And I'm, yeah. I'm actually going to be trying it starting Monday. Yeah. Um, because I'm so, I'm so tired of everyone telling me that it's so great for me. I have to try it. I have to try it. So I'm going to like bite the bullet. Yep. But, um, Tell me about yeah, this. Like so what happened? You should definitely, yeah, you should definitely try intermittent fasting. That's that's usually the easiest door in. Actually, what I tell people to do is start with pushing your breakfast back an hour. Just just get used to that. And then once you're comfortable there, push push it back two hours and just slowly work yourself towards an intermittent fasting state. Um, so you it, you know, we have people, so we have like over 200,000 people that we fast together once a month. We're actually in it right now. We're doing, we call it fast training week. And the whole goal is to- You're fasting right now? Yeah. Yeah. So, so what like, day are you in right now? Yeah. I haven't eaten since, well, I'm not doing, some of the people are doing five day water. I'm just doing one meal a day this week. So I'm just eating dinner. So it's what, one o'clock right now. I haven't, I didn't eat, I haven't eaten anything yet. So, and I feel good. How, like, long, how long are you doing this one meal a day? Uh, we're, this week, we're doing it five days in a row. Okay. Um, but a lot of people do this as their lifestyle. Uh, and some people are just doing water fast right now. So they're just in our group. We, we always give people two options. And some people take the option of doing the five-day water fast. So, but here's what, I, here's what I'll tell you is that there's two ways to burn energy. One is from sugar and one is from fat. So you have to train yourself. They call it being metabolically flexible. And when you train yourself in this fasted lifestyle, this fasting lifestyle, the fasts get easier and easier. So I would never take somebody like you and just throw you into a three or five day water. Like you would be, I think you'd be swearing at me. (laughs) Swearing would be an understatement. I don't think they'd be able to find you for, you know, find your body. I mean, I I like, I get nervous if I can't like eat lunch on time, Never mind like, you know, not eating for like five days. I I can't even imagine that, you know. But so here's to go back to the science again. And then I want to talk about how do you build yourself up to a, a five day water fast. The mitochondria of our cells are a powerhouse of our cell. And they used to think that all disease started in the nucleus. And now they're like, because of cancer, they're like, actually, disease starts in the mitochondria. And the mitochondria, you know your mitochondria are healthy when you can go without food. So when you're hungry all the time and you can't go without food, you, your mitochondria are not sustainable on their own. They're, not, they're needing that glucose to function. But once you ch- turn yourself into a fat burner and, you've, and you're making ketones instead of glucose, those ketones go into the, into the mitochondria and they start to cr- tell the mitochondria to create more energy. So there's this weird moment where you'll go, oh, I'm hungry. I don't feel good. I don't feel good. And if you have a, a really healthy mitochondrial system, all of a sudden your mitochondria go, okay, we're going to make, we're going to spit out more energy. And you get this insane energy, insane mental clarity. Um, you, you, the hunger turns off. Like it's weird. You have to experience it to know that you were designed for it. But, right. But it, sitting in your shoes, I was in your shoes. I totally get it. Like I was, I can tell you what I had for breakfast, like almost every day. And I, I would carry a bag of snacks around with me because I couldn't go without food. Right, right. So you, so, you. Once I trained myself, now I, now I can go without food, no problem. So, right. So it's baby stepping it, basically, yeah. like everything else. You got to baby step it. So let's go over this. So intermittent fasting. You say the 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 benefits of intermittent are um, go let and then and then I want to go from step to step, different okay. types. Okay. So so the your so the benefits of intermittent are in in a few words or less are. Go ahead, doctor. Um, you get inflammation comes down. 
Inflammation. Um, yeah. And the biggest things are inflammation comes down and growth hormone starts to get secreted. And for some people, they may get a little bit of ketones. So. Okay. And you can eat it in the intermittent fasting. So you're saying if calories don't matter, you can eat whatever the hell you want, basically. Most people realize when they, when they start fasting, they, what they eat becomes less important. For the interesting for their weight loss, it's really it's an interesting way to eat your cake and ha, you know feel or great. Too. Have your cake and eat it too, right? Yeah. <laughs> so then, what, okay, what's level two? So level two goes from intermittent fasting to what? So the next level, what we teach is called autophagy fasting, and this okay. is where autophagy fasting has a few more pieces to it. So this is seventeen hours without food, and then what we do is we encourage people to break their fast with fat. So they'll have like some nut butter or an avocado or some ghee. And so the, the reason we have them break their fast with fat is fat stabilizes the blood sugar. And for many people, they can now continue on until dinner and they, and they don't, it's like a fat snack and the hunger stops, but the ketones keep going and you keep staying in a state of autophagy, which is where you're detoxifying. So the cells are detoxifying. The other caveat of autophagy fasting is that you have to keep your protein under 20 grams. And this was based off the science of Walter Longo, who's been studying how our bodies go into the state of autophagy for decades. And if you go over 20 grams of protein, you kick yourself out of autophagy. And all autophagy is, is detox. Think of it like detox. You're just going into a 17 hours, you're going into a deeper level of detox. And so you break that autophagy, that you, you break the autophagy fasting with a fat, like you said. Yeah. And then what's, what's your meal consist of? It can be. Yeah. So you just, all you have to, if you want to stay in that state of autophagy, you can, carbs, you can decide. It could be anything. Just keep your protein down under 50 grams, or I'm sorry, under 20 grams. 20. Yeah. So does this mean that, I mean, are you, with all these fasting, like intermittent fasting or autophagy, let's with those two, because it seems to be the most, um, viable for someone who's just beginning this whole thing, right? Yeah. I mean, even that doesn't seem viable, but um, <laughs> just that, to be honest, but um, is it then about um, cycling it or are you, are this, oh, yeah. uh, this is a lifestyle, like you don't do this all the time. Like yeah. do, do you cycle intermittent too? Like you don't do it, you do five days out of seven days a week or do you do it every single day? Yeah. Like so yeah, so this is like what you, I think what you started to ask this question, I've, and I, no doubt most people are thinking this, which is, well, does not slow your metabolism down? Because we've been taught like, well, I should eat to speed my metabolism up. So what I find in the fasting world is that a lot of people love the results. They start losing weight. They just feel so amazing that they're like, well, let me do more of it. And they start fasting all the time. Mm -hmm. And then their metabolism does slow down. So variation is key. You don't, it, to me, intermittent fasting is a lifestyle. You can do that every day. Um, we actually teach what I call a 5-1-1, where five days a week, you do intermittent fasting. One day a week, we encourage people to go, uh, try to go to 24 hours and only have dinner or have one meal. And then one day a week, do whatever you want. Don't fast. So that the 5-1-1 seems to be a really good combination. But to your point, you can't keep... If, you, if we see this all the time where people, they call them OMAD, they're like the OMAD lovers, which is one meal a day. And they come into our group and they're like, I've been doing OMAD for so many years. I've lost like the weight loss. Oh my God. The weight loss is like 50, 100 pounds. Like people are losing massive weight by going to this one meal a day idea. And so then what ends up happening is they get stuck because they didn't vary it. So I'm a big fan mm. of variation. Yeah. This is not, we're not meant to be an extreme fast all the time. So you do, plat you, so you can plateau on these diets if yep. you do the same thing, like anything else in life, right? Any other plateau. Yeah. Yeah. Anything, any other diet. But you're saying the first level, which is just basic intermittent fasting, where you have an eight hour window of eating, you can do that all the time. But anything beyond that, yep. you have to, you have to vary it, right? Agreed. Yep. Okay, so then you okay, so you told us about a, a, a what do you call it autophagy, autophagy, autophagy uh, fasting. What's the next level after that, and what's the benefits of that one? So the next level would be twenty four hour fast, which actually is becoming my favorite fast 
and it's 24 hours. So like if you eat dinner, you finish putting food in your mouth seven o'clock on Monday night, you're not going to eat dinner again till seven o'clock on Tuesday. Like I always tell people, it's not 23 hours, it's not 22 hours, it's 24 hours. So at 24 hours, what happens is that your intestinal stem cells will reboot, but you also get GABA production. So it's funny, as you fast, you get calmer. It's a weird thing. It's like there's like something just calms you and it's your GABA production. Um, So I find like we deal with a lot of people who have like SIBO issues or candida or parasites like there or autoimmune conditions that have a gut problem. And so I get them doing 24 hour fasts on a at least once a week basis, maybe sometimes twice a week. And there is like a whole nother chemical reaction that happens when you get to that 24 hour mark. Wow. Okay. And then next after that would be what? The next level after that is yeah. is actually the for weight loss, the one that actually is magic. Once you've gotten a rhythm with the 24-hour and the um, intermittent fasting and autophagy is actually 36-hour fasts. And you know who, who made this really popular? If you haven't read the book, uh, The Obesity Code... I really recommend you uh, research Jason Fung. In fact, he'd be great to bring mm-hmm. on your podcast. Um, yeah, Jason, we, you and I spoke about him last time. Yeah. I want him to come on the podcast. I know who he is. He's yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah, and he's the one that really debunked the calorie in, calorie out for weight loss. Right. But um, he was a, a nephrologist working with kidney de- disease from diabetics who just you know never got their sugar under control. And so what ended up happening is he discovered like, why don't we change their lifestyle? And what he found was that if you change their lifestyle, that all the extra insulin that they were looking for or that was destroying their health, their kidneys, their liver, that if they went into a longer fast, 36, 48 hours, the body would go find that extra insulin and sugar and it would burn it and and those organs would would be like new again. So a lot of diabetics start to do the 36, 48 hours, people who want to lose weight. Um, it's that, that's a, a sweet spot for, uh, for really going after that stubborn weight that will not come off. So I, that's where I like the 36-hour fast. I know. But again, like my brain goes to, well, yeah, of course, you're not eating for three days. Obviously, you're going to lose weight. I mean, doesn't that kind of like, isn't that kind of common sense? You're, you're putting zero calories in your body. So once what I would happen to me, and this has happened, I'm sure with a lot of people is, you know, you're not feeling well, you're sick, you're not eating very much, right? You can go days without eating. But the second you start eating again, you gain all that weight right back. So then you put yourself through all this like hell of not eating and starving, and then you end up gaining all the weight back. Yeah. That's what I would think would happen, right? Yeah. So, so I always tell people there's no such thing as a failed fast, that every fast has a healing reaction. So, okay. so but to your point... What will happen is you will lose weight and then you'll eat food and some of it will come back on on the scale. That's normal, which is why you, but what's happened in that time period is that you've trained your body to be more of a fat burner. So for a lot of people, as they do this more often, maybe let's say in that three days, they lost five pounds, but then they gained three back but they kept two off and it wasn't a failed fast. So their body's learning how to burn fat differently. So now maybe next month, this is why we do them once a month. And maybe next once they decide next month, they decide, okay, I'm just going to do one meal a day every day this week. And so they do that. Now they lose two more and they've trained their body even more how to be a fat burner. So it's over time that you're training yourself to your, your cells to burn energy from fat than to burn it from from the glucose you're constantly giving it. So let's can we talk okay and can we talk about um is this for everybody? I mean if people have health issues, then what are the who are the people who should not be doing this stuff? Or you're saying this is good for everybody, no matter this actually helps people with diabetes, it's helps people who are obese with heart disease, right? Like yep. so who should who should not be even attempting these things? Yeah, it's a great question. So the first person I always say needs to be light, lightly kind of back into fasting is the extremely adrenal fatigued person. Mm. So if you're already got like chronic fatigue or adrenal fatigue, uh, you're going to, I always say like, just push your breakfast back an hour and just stick with that. Like 
just be gentle how you go into this. So um, that's pretty much the main person that I that I find um, really has to be gentle with their fasting. If you're diabetic, you definitely don't want to just listen to a podcast like this and just jump into fasting. You want to involve your doctor in that process. Here's the problem. Most doctors aren't up to speed on the benefits of fasting. But this year, the New England Journal of Medicine came out with this really strong stance and said, we have, revi- we have reviewed all the science on intermittent fasting, and we are saying that it's good for these conditions. And one mm-hmm. of the conditions was diabetes. So now mm-hmm. my hope is that, because we see it in our resetter group all the time, my hope now is that a, a patient with diabe- who has diabetes could take that study and go to their doctor and say, hey, here's the science that you re- that you admire because the New England Journal of Medicine is like medical doctors like you know bible tell me how i do this and so it's been really fun because we're seeing the science catch up with the results but um you just have to be coached through it if you have an extreme condition i i have a i'll give you an interesting case i had a case a few years back where a woman had gone through a series of health problems and finally got to a point where she couldn't eat anything. She was just throwing everything up. She would try, she would throw up and she had rashes all over her body. So I actually just started her in a fast right away. And um, we started three day fast. And then I said, okay, try eating this food. And then she ate, okay, I could eat a little bit more. And then we did started doing, after that we did, okay, let, can we do like one meal a day. And then we started mixing all the fasts. Well, within a couple of months, she was able to eat food again and she stopped throwing it up because the body just started repairing. So I don't know what else would have helped this woman other than using the tools of fasting to be able to help her. Do men and women respond differently because of the hormones and everything else? Yeah. Oh yeah. Men, you put them on intermittent fasting and their like gut is gone like that. It's so fast. Women take a little longer. How long does it take for a woman versus a man? Well, it depends. Women are a little more complicated. um, And I can dive into this. It gets a little more nuanced. But if you still have a cycle there, and this would tie into your question of when not to fast, um, the week before your cycle is the worst time to fast because your body has to make progesterone. So in order to make progesterone, you need to have glucose be high. And if glucose goes too low or your insulin goes too low, your body stops making progesterone and it can throw your hormones off. So women just have, there's a little more of an art to fasting for us. Um, If you're doing intermittent fasting, that's not going to be a huge problem. But if you're going to go into some of these longer fasts uh, for women, they don't want to do it the week before or their results can be, um, they can have a lot of side effects, I think is the best way. So um, and everybody's different. If you're really healthy, you can apply these principles and get quick results. Like someone like you, I, I'm dying for you to intermittent fast because I think you'd be like, oh my God, like I am getting better results than ever. It's, it's, it's I'm starting it's, on Monday. Yeah. And like, know. and like this guy, I'm doing this thing with this company. It's called Sunfair. And um, there, it's called a fat burner diet, it's intermittent fasting. And He's telling me I can't even have like in my coffee, I can't have artificial sweetener, which I get, of course, I know that. Yeah. Um, but I put stevia in my coffee. He's like, that's considered an artificial. I, I didn't even think stevia was considered artificial. Yeah. I mean, it's not, not artificial. Sugar. Yeah. But, it's it, not but artificial. It, it can, uh, for some people, stevia can, can boost, can raise their blood sugar. Oh, wow. For okay. Some. So like, but so basically, like, I'm not allowed to do anything. It sounds like it's like a, the diet's extremely clean and I can only eat until, you know, the whole the, the eight hour window. But so you were saying something that I think was very important earlier, which was about the kind of food you can eat. You're saying you don't have to be as strict. You can kind of be much more lenient it, when you're doing, yeah, doing so it. The, so this this is kind of how I look at it. Um, what I encourage people to do is realize that every day you're going to have a fasting window and you're going to have an eating window. And so if you, if you intermittent fast regularly, you're probably going to notice that if you've been really regimented with calorie counting and things like that, that you are going to not need to be so regimented. Like you might notice mm-hmm. like oh, I can okay. eat a little bit more. It's pretty interesting. And then the next day you do it again. Now, if you want the best result, 
really care about what you eat. And now you're going to get, right. that's why, like I say, someone like you, you already got clean eating. Like you put some intermittent fasting with that and your results are going to be incredible. Right. It's a game changer. Yeah. Right. So, so then, okay. I understand that too. So then when, when is it? So you said another thing earlier, which was if you're doing this 24 hour fast and you, you stop at 23 hours, isn't 23 hours enough? Like if you're, Close enough. Like, well, is it that precise? Like, you have to be exactly twenty-four. Are you going to be exactly thirty-six? Like, what happens if I if I break at like my twenty-three minutes and thirty seconds? You know, twenty-three <laughs> hours. You know, like, does it have to? Be, is there is there like some kind of like medical thing behind it that That's like great all that? You know, like, is it 23 hours was totally a waste of my time? I, I it, No, it's never. There's no such thing as a failed fast. So because... But that's is that a failed fast, though. No, nope, If I didn't nope. make it exactly 24 hours. Yeah, okay. it's, I, I love how your brain works. It's, it's funny. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and we get questions like this all the time in our resetter group. So I always tell people, like, okay, once you hit that 13-hour mark, what happens is that your body's go spitting out ketones. It's going into this repair phase. So let's say mm. it's like today's Wednesday. So let's say I wake up one day and I'm like, oh man, I want to help repair my gut. So I'm going to do a 24 hour fast today. And you go along and you get to hour 20 and you're like, mm, can't do it. And you stop your fast then. You didn't miss out on the growth hormone. You didn't miss out on the ketones that got produced. Mm. You didn't miss out on the autophagy and the detoxing. You just missed out on the intestinal stem cell production. So, um, so that's why that I there's, no, there's no way to lose at this. Each time you try, if you're like each moment, like we get people who will get, you know, 24 hours in and they're like, I can't do it anymore. That's fine. You do, but you try it again in two weeks and do it again. Because each time you try, it gets a little easier and a little easier. And eventually, your body becomes metabolically flexible. And, and here's the weird thing. Believe me, like I feel like I've done every diet out there. And this was the first one that gave me freedom. Because I could go on vacation. And I, like, I go to Italy. Last, last year at this time, I was in Italy. I ate all the pasta I wanted. I drank tons of wine. I had tons of cheese. I did not gain a single pound. I came home. I just went back to my fasting. And that was because I had trained my body to be metabolically flexible. So Wow. So how is that possible? But you were not doing any fasting when you were gone. You were eating all that stuff. So didn't your body... Like I would think that what would happen is your body would then gain a lot of weight because it's not used to eating all the time whenever it is and so no so, so go back to you're either a sugar burner or a fat burner oh because you trained your body to be a fat burner yeah. already so now if i had stayed there a month if i had stayed there two months sure after a while i would have trained it back to a sugar burner but it's trained to be a fat burner now and so if i go off for a week or two i'm going to be fine and then i just come back to the habits that got it to be a fat burner in the first place so how long does it take uh, it, within 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 reason to become from a sugar burner to a fat burner. What's what's the practice amount that yeah. you need? Yeah, I love it. Um, <laughs> I, again, I can't wait. You and I need to talk in a couple of weeks. Um, I'll so, tell you. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I would say on typical, and I, and there's some there's some um, uh, like outliers to this, but I would say yeah. two to four weeks of intermittent fasting, and you should start to see some changes. Now, if what I would encourage you to do is let's say you go the first week and you're like, okay, this sucks. I have no idea what Mindy's talking about. This is horrible. And then, <laughs> then the next week you're like, okay, wait, well, maybe it's not that bad. I, I may be getting the hang of this. And maybe the third week, a 15 hours comes and you're not like grabbing the food. You're like, wait a second, maybe I could go a, a couple more hours. Then I would encourage you to go a little bit longer. So the cool thing about when you click over into this fat burner is part of being a fat burner, part of getting ketones to get secreted is that it shuts your hunger down. So the biggest issue I get with this, and let me tell you, I, for years, I did nutrition and detox with people. And I never heard anybody say this. But the problem I have now is most people tell me, I'm just not hungry that I, don't, I just don't want to eat. Yeah. Or I get, I get so many people in our resetter tribe that are like, I've been uh, doing this so long. I don't want to lose any more weight. 
like especially people who are like women as we age and we get more wrinkly you know if you lose too much weight the wrinkles show up yeah yeah i and we've done this with hundreds of thousands of people and it's like over and over and over again it is the craziest thing i've ever seen so if someone's like you know for morning routines I, i talk a ton about morning routines right and that I find it's really important to have one. And my morning routine is eating breakfast, which is why I think it's a big hump for me and probably a lot of other people. Like mm-hmm. I'm so used to my morning routine of eating what I eat. I've been eating the same thing for 20 years, which is a whole other thing. And I like it because it, well, because it makes it puts me it's on autopilot. So let's say what's the what's my option then? I have to I, if I want to eat my breakfast, that means I have to eat dinner like at what four o'clock basically to to get that window right yeah if you want to eat i was going to say you could do it the other way around you got it right you could you could skip dinner and then just get up and eat breakfast a lot of people do that is it caught is it which was more effective than what you've seen um well actually if you want if you want to lose weight the second way could be more effective because um if you eat dinner and you go to sleep with a full meal you you you're your body's not burning that meal at all. So it's really exactly. not in the, your best interest to eat dinner and go to sleep an hour later. So if you stop at four and then you eat breakfast, that yeah, that might be a, a great plan for you. And you're going to be burning fat at night. Like that could be a really solid plan. Or is it, what's the latest I can push it to make it effective? What Six? time do you eat breakfast? Around 8.45, let's say. I'm just at 8.30. So I gotta yeah okay so back. let's let's say eight thirty so go that would be eight hours so four thirty four thirty no wait uh, four no you could go because you want to go about fifteen hours if I can get you to go fifteen hours then um you would go eight uh, yeah I gotta do math seven so five thirty. So am I allowed, I know you're going to say, are, not just me, but are people, what happens when you snack? Like I'm hungry, but I don't want, I won't eat a lot. I'll have like an apple or I'll have like a thick, does that just throw off the the whole, even that window, right? Yeah. Like once you put food in, it's a, it's a done deal. It's, it's done. All the, all the benefits are done. So think of it like this, as insulin and glucose are coming down. So you eat a meal, you get sh- glucose that comes up, the pancreas makes insulin. And then there's a point where it peaks and now it's coming down, 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 yeah. down. So as it goes down, it'll hit a spot where all of a sudden it triggers all these great things that we talked about. It triggers all of the chemical reactions. But if you have a little bit of an apple there, now you bring it back up and you miss out on all this. I have a really cool chart. I'll I'll send you a link. You can pass it on to your listeners. It's called a fasting benefits chart. And it shows all the things that are happening at the different hours. So you can kind of see. Will you please send that to me? I will. that would be great. This, and the other thing I feel is also, how did you socialize? I mean, with life now, I mean, now with the whole COVID thing, it's a little bit maybe easier, but things are opening up and changing back to normal. Uh, there's a there's a really, like, I, I guess like it's kind of a hindrance when you want to socialize. You want to go to, you want to have dinner with your family and friends. You know, a lot of what people do is around food, mm-hmm. you know, for family, especially on the weekends or whatever you know, birthday party, there's always an occasion. And when you're Jewish, like me, everything's about food. Yeah. You know, when you're, you know, how do you reconcile those two things? You uh, know? Well, so there's a couple, a couple of suggestions. One is, so I don't, my fasting is mostly done in the, in the early part of the day. So dinner is no problem. I can oh. go out to dinner with anybody. So you might have to decide I'm gonna have dinner tonight with my family. So that means tomorrow morning, I'll skip breakfast. So you might have to kind of think about a different reason. Yeah. So I, I don't ever have a problem with that. Um, sometimes like when my daughter's home from college and they want to go out to eat breakfast, I might just decide that day. Yeah, it's more important the relationship with her. Let's go eat breakfast and I'll, I just won't fast today. So that's why we call it a fasting lifestyle. So you can be playful with when you do it and when you don't. Now, the other thing I will tell you that happened to me, and I see it with our resetters, is that as you get uh, better and better results, people start asking you what you're doing. And then they want to do it with you. So now, I mean, all our friends fast. So there's no, it's just like, 
It's just like, okay. And we, in fact, even here in my clinic, like when it's lunchtime, sometimes I'll go to my staff and go, okay, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to go break my fast. Are you fasting? Do you want to come with me? Like it just, it just becomes part of your lingo. And some of them will say, no, I'm going to go 24 today. And so then we just, I don't come in and bring food in front of them. Um, but yeah, it's, you, you, it's, there's a huge flexibility with it. I understand that. You know, it's like also with working out, right? Like you also water finds its level. You gravitate to people who have similar interests, right? Yeah. So a lot of people I I'm friends with also like to work out. I mean, it's just because it's like things that you have in common, right? So yeah. I, I, I understand that, but I guess it's more with people with young kids. I mean, do you see a lot of women or men who have young kids who, are able to do this as easily as people who are kind of with their kids already, you know, uh, older or, you know, single people. I mean, I do find that that would be a a person, like a, you know, a a person that would have a little more difficulty. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for, for sure. So what I, here's the feedback that I've heard from people is that I'm making food for my kids. It's really hard to fast. So you have to decide, you know, it, some people say, well, I wasn't even really hungry in the morning anyways. I don't have a problem making them breakfast. And so I'll just skip breakfast. So you have to decide what moment is, is the, the easiest moment for you to avoid uh, the food. Most people tell me dinner. They're like, it's really hard for like if they do a, wa- a three-day water fast, they'll say it's really hard to make dinner. So, and I get that. In that scenario, you could just say, you know, I'm out, hubby, or you know, your spouse. Like, you make dinner, I'm out. Um, we have our kids are teens, so we they joke when when we when we fast, we just say, "Can you go to a friend's house? Here's DoorDash." Like, <laughs> like there will be no dinner for the next three days. So they know they kind of are used to us now, um, right? So, and then the uh, the third one, and I think this is actually a really really legit one, is I've had a lot of mothers of teenage daughters say. You know, I'd, I don't want to show deprivation of food in front of my daughter. I don't want to set her up for any kind of eating disorders. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I totally honor that. So a lot of our patients will just keep it quiet. They don't, you know, your kids actually aren't really noticing what you're eating. For the most part, your teens might, but you just don't, you just keep it quiet. Oh, I'm just not going to eat dinner right now. So I, how are you able to exercise when you're doing these fastings? Like, is it that you have enough? I mean, I know you say, Part of the benefits are focus, energy, alert. But are, do you have do you, do you have legit enough energy to like go running, to go weightlifting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the shorter fast, not on three day water fast. So, in fact, I tell people don't exercise on your three to three to three to five day water fast. You're crazy. We we have people try, but what happens is it, your body's already going into this repair stage. It's already kind of under stress as it's in these longer fasts. So don't go mm-hmm. exercise. That's not a great idea. But in the shorter fast, yeah, no problem. Do you remember, I was saying this to somebody the other day, what was the guy, he wrote a book, it was called like Body for Life years ago. And oh my God, yeah. It's he had like, a contest. So long ago. Do you remember? Uh, and on the inside, the cover was all his pre and post pictures and he gave a million dollars away to every anybody who, you know, the people who had the biggest change. I kind of I remember the body for life guy. I don't remember the contest though. What was the co- what was the contest? Well, I, 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 it was like the biggest. The, it was like the person who lost the most weight, and they had to do pre and post pictures. They had to follow his formula. It was a book back when we you know would read books all the time for yeah. that kind of stuff. And right. um, the person with the greatest result got he gave a million dollars too. And I don't know how he had a million dollars or if it was a sponsorship or what. But I tell you all this to tell you that this was one of his secrets: always work out on an empty stomach. So yeah, you know what? I, I know I hear that a million. I hear that all the time, obviously, because but I, again, I feel like maybe I think for some people it works and for other people it doesn't work because I get again, I'm so trained to like have something in my stomach where I will get nauseous if I don't eat something. Mm-hmm. I won't be able to work out as hard if I don't eat something. But like, I know people say that all yeah. the time. So look at it like this. This is why we call it fast training week. When you, the workouts you're doing now were not the workouts you did five years ago. Like you were probably not as maybe you were, but you know, you typically progress along the fitness path. You get stronger, 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 stronger. 
So or at this age, I mean, I'm getting uh, weaker, weaker, okay, weaker. Well, at this, so age. this is why we've got to try this. So <laughs> I, I, again, I, I like, I want to, I'm wanna going move, to, I'm I want to move in with you and be like, <laughs> and then once you get fat adapted and you get the results, I'll, I'll, I'll back away. <laughs> I love it. Okay. I'm, I'm excited now to try this. I'm, I'm like petrified, but yeah. I'm also excited. But it, it, no, anybody who's, I mean, if you've ever run a marathon before, it's like the thought of running, you know, 26 point whatever miles is like, no way if you've never run a mile. So it's impossible right. from where you sit. But once you taste the how well your body functions, once you get over that hump. Yeah. All these longer fasts, you'll start craving them. I mean, I'm excited. I'm trying to think what else I could ask you. I know about the health benefits, um, the brain benefits. So you're saying in the brain, it changes. It helps you with your focus, obviously. It helps you with your, um, your it helps with your body's inflammation. It helps with being more alert. Is there something else that, what else does it help? It helps with all the other things you're mentioning also with, um, uh, it changes your cells. What else? Yeah, so it, let's, it, let's dive into the brain. Yeah, let's dive into the brain because I think the brain is really interesting. So if you look at like Alzheimer's and dementia what and memory loss, like in my clinic, we're seeing so many people in their 40s coming in with memory loss. It's crazy. So wow. what happens, like if you look at Alzheimer's, they're saying that it's diabetes of the brain. So the dendrites that carry information across, uh, you know, a path to be able to get you to think clearly, those are decaying and degenerating. And so what they're degenerating and decaying from are two things. One is too much sugar and the second is too many toxins. So this is why I'm like the one food requirement I have is I'm a zealot for no toxins. So right. it causes these neurons to shrink. Now, you don't, you, for the 40-year-old, it might be that all of a sudden you're in a conversation and you're like, oh, what was I telling you? What was I talking about? Or you walk into a room and you're like, why was I here? Like, it starts off really subtle. For the 50, 60-year-old, it's like they are losing whole memory, uh, memories of childhood and then eventually short-term memory because these neurons are degenerating. So now you come into a fasting lifestyle and you start making ketones, and you make BDNF, which is uh, like fertilizer for your brain. And the brain is so smart, and it will gobble those ketones up, and the BDNF will start to be like, it's like miracle grow in the brain, and these degenerated neurons will regenerate. And the, the brain power you get from fasting is freaking insane. Because you're you're literally using ketones as your as a major source of fuel for the brain. Plus, there's a regenerative neuroprotective piece. So, if we could get all the Alzheimer's dementia people fasting, you know, there's a guy who wrote a book. He's actually out of uh, was a researcher at UCLA, and he wrote he wrote a book called The End of the End to Alzheimer's. And one of his major principles was ketones. You got to make yourself some ketones. So. That's a that's a really amazing point. I think just for that, because you know when you were saying that it resonated. There's so many times, even on this podcast, where I'm like, "What was I going to say? Yeah. I wanted to ask this." Like, I, you know, I don't have dementia yet, but there's like, you know, there's little subtle things where I'm like forgetting certain things. When my memory, that was like my 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 thing. I, I was I had a perfect memory. That's when I got through college. You know, my master's, my undergrad, because I memorized everything. Yep. And you're this actually, and I've read that that this is actually by it's by fasting or doing these fastings. This is what a key a yep. key uh, factor that happens. Yeah, my have, have my, you seen, my dad. Have is, you seen that? Oh yeah, absolutely. I was so my, my kids used to joke with us all the time that one of the characteristics of our family is that we are we we end a, a conversation. So I'll be talking. I'll be like, um. Um, and then we don't, we don't finish the conversation. And my kids used to always say you and, and my sister do this all the time. And then all of a sudden, once I started fasting, my dad looked at me one day and he goes, you know what? Like, I don't remember you were so damn smart. Like it's, it's a funny thing, but he's like, what's going on with your brain? Like you don't, um, you don't stop your conversations, your ability to retain information. Like 
what are you doing? I don't remember that you you being like that, which was sort of a backhanded insult, but it's my dad, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but, but, I, but it's true. Like my ability to hold on to information now is greater at 50 than it's ever been in my entire life. So, and it's because like, it's those ketones, it's the neuroprotection every single day. Like right now, I can tell you I've got maximum, uh, my ketones are kicking in. So now they go in, my brain's using them for fuel, but they're also repairing any injured, in, injured neurons that would cause me problems down the road. Wow. What are any other brain benefits for your brain besides uh, Well, dopamine. That? So let's talk about dopamine because this is also interesting. Um, I don't, have you heard of dopamine fasting? Not, not really until now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, Jennifer, you and I got to, we got to go hang out. I got a whole world okay. to introduce you to. <laughs> you sure do. Yeah. A scary world, but okay, still. Yeah. A bit. Okay. Wow. So dopamine. So one of the feelings that they have right now um, about like the gen the generation growing up, but just all of us is that we're so addicted to social media, to our phones, to the bells, the whistles. Um that um, we are overstimulating our dopamine receptor sites. And so it's like insulin resistance where we now have dopamine resistance, which looks like I a joyful thing is going on in my life, but I'm not experiencing joy at the same level that I used to experience joy before. And I will tell you, this actually has happened to me prior yeah. to fasting. Like I could be sitting on the beach with my family and like, there's nothing to be un uh, unhappy about. And I'm like, why am I not feeling immense joy right now? And a lot of that has to do with this dopamine resistance. So one of the cool things about fasting when you do 24 to 48 hours is that you actually reboot those receptor sites. So because you're go it's just like insulin. When In order to get out of insulin resistance, you got to bring down the insulin and then when you bring insulin back in, those receptor sites are more available. It's the same thing with dopamine. When you're fasting, you're not getting the reward of eating. So you're not getting dopamine production. And so something as simple as a 24, 48 hour fast, and you've now regenerated those receptor sites and you will experience joy differently. That, that's incredible. Right? So... That is amazing. I, so I thought also the dopamine, uh, what you were just saying, I thought it was going to be also about like social media. Well, if you add you in that social media dopamine hit. Yep. yep. Right? And if you don't get it, you're, you're so used to the whoop, spikes over like, you know, I got a like, I got this, I got that. And then it just dips. Yep. So yeah, this you, is, this, go ahead. So say, you, this could is add, you know, like what, what we, what we talk a lot about in the resetter group is when you go into a longer fast, try try to just go inner. Like you will notice in the in like the three day fast that you just don't want to talk as much. Um, we encourage people that if there's anything that they are like struggling with in life, just put it out there. Like I'm struggling with this. I hope the answer comes to me. And it's crazy how if you take all that sensory input, you put the phone down during that time. You like just go inner. And you add the the fasting to that. There is, it's like an. I mean, it. Everybody has different spiritual beliefs, but it is like a spiritual experience. And the, and then when you come out of it, you're a different person, physically, mentally. You have more insight, more clarity. I'm telling you, most people start to get addicted to this because of the benefit they're seeing mentally, physically on their life. Not to mention, it's so much more convenient. Like I can take a CEO. And tell them how to fast, and they're like, "This is so great! I just got all this time back." And so it it, it just becomes this incredible gift for your the whole person, not just weight loss. That's so. That's another thing that I didn't even uh, touch upon with you is what happens in these three or five day fasts. Are there rules, or is it just like you you can still go about your business, yeah. and then you just don't eat? But you're besides you're saying no exercise. Other than that. Um, go, you know, try to go inward. What is there anything else that people have to do to yeah. prepare or? Yeah. Yeah. So for starters, make sure you've done other fasts going up to it. Yeah. So don't, yeah. Right. But there's in, in the resetter group, we have like three, three really, or a couple really strong rules. One is you always measure your blood sugar. So this might also be something interesting for you. If you haven't measured your blood sugar, 
take get a little blood reader. We like Keto Mojo. That's the you can go to uh, my website, Dr. Mindy Pels, and go to Dr. Mindy's favorites, and there's a Keto Mojo link there. And you, when you go into the fast, you want to measure it three times a day: morning, noon, and night. You're looking for your blood sugar to be between 70 and 90. So for someone like you before, if you're just doing intermittent fasting, what I would tell you to do is take your, um, your blood sugar in the morning and you would do blood sugar and ketones and see, are you between 70 and 90? And do you, are your ketones above 0.5? That might be you already right now, especially if you stopped eating at like 5.30 at night. I'd be interested to see what your morning blood sugar and ketones are. But then as you're in a longer fast, you want to, in a water fast, we have people do this at 8 a.m., noon, and night. And we have some warning signs. So if your blood sugar ever drops below 50 or your ketones ever get above 7, you break the fast. So that's kind of like we have some some boundaries. So because it's hard, you can feel bad. The weird thing about fasting is, let's say it's you could feel bad one moment, and then you get mm-hmm. a ketone surge, and all of a sudden, like twenty minutes later, you're so high, so much energy, you feel amazing. It's really weird. You're just looking for that switch. So we go back to the blood reader to see what your blood is doing, so that you can t- you can make smart choices. So like you said, for me, if my blood is not, be- my blood level sugar is not between 70 and 90, then what? I if eat, you were over, that- yeah, if you were over 90 and your ketones were under 0.5, then you're definitely not in ketosis. Okay. And so that's, fast and then, what? So fast more. I got to fast more. Yeah, okay, so so I would then say, like, like, let's say you decide to do, stop eating at 530 and then you eat at 830 and you do that for a week and at, at, 8.20, you check your blood reader and you're at like 100 and, and 0.2. And you do that for a while. And then you're like, you know, again, I'm going to give you myself because I, I really want to see you okay, succeed good. at this. So thank you. Yeah. And so then you're like, well, this doesn't work. I'm not getting into ketosis. Then typically what I say is, okay, could we push your dinner up now? To Could you, could you end it at 4.30? Let's see if we uh, move you into a little longer fast because you're, you're trying to move the needle from the sugar burner over to the fat burner. I love all this. This is so fascinating. Isn't it? Yeah. I, it really is. I mean, I think, I, listen, it's been like over an hour and I, I know you had another something else to do. Yeah. Um, but this is great. I think this, would you please send me that sheet? Yes, of, I will. Uh, yeah. What's it called again? The, it, see, my memory. I got to start. Right. No, this is why you, you love know? to keep in touch with me and tell me how you do. Um, I absolutely will. Yeah. We call it the fasting benefits chart. And it's okay. funny, one day, uh, people had a lot of questions like you do. And um, one day, I was like, I just, I'm a visual learner. So I was like, I have to put this all out on a chart for people so they can see how, how what they're doing at the different times. So we did that. And then I have a YouTube channel. And I just went to YouTube. And I'm like, okay, you guys, if you want this chart, let me know. Oh, my gosh. Like people called my office, people stalked my personal email. Like people were like, I need the chart. I still, I'll be on podcast interviews and people will hold the chart up. They're like, oh my God, I have this on my refrigerator. So it was a very beloved chart and I will send it to you. Oh my God, for sure. Because it's very, there's, there's so much information. And the problem is a lot of times it like, you get so much information, you don't understand the information and it becomes so overwhelming. You end up doing nothing yep. and just kind of like going about your business. Yep. That's why it's very important to have, like me too, I'm a visual learner. I like to see in front of me. Okay, so if I do this, this is what happens to my body and this is the this is the benefits. If, if I get to this place, this is what's going to happen. So I have a reminder of it, yep. right? Yeah. Um, please send me that. Yeah. That would be so helpful. Yep. Where? How do people find out more about what you do and... Uh, you know, watch your videos and everything else. Well, Please all, share. All my fasting stuff is on my YouTube channel. So go to Dr. Mindy Pels and you can just binge watch all the fasting. And don't, um, if you're a science hound, I always link all the science articles in the notes. So go check that out because I find people kind of don't believe it like you, you know, they're like, huh? And then yeah. I'm like, okay, go look at the science. So um, that's a place to go on. Uh, if you want to do our fast training week, you can join our resetter collaborative. It's called, it's on Facebook. Um, and if you forget all of that, just go to drmindypels.com and it, it, everything's there to link you to the right places. 
Well, thank you so much. It's been very informative. Yeah. And I, I know I'm going to try this and I see what wait. happens. And, oh, God. I can't um, me neither, kind of. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much. This oh, my so pleasure. Good. Thank you. Habits and hustle. Time to get it rolling. Stay up on the grind. Don't stop. Keep it going. Habits and hustle from nothing into something. All out. Hosted by Jennifer Cohen. Visionaries. Tune in. You can get to know them. Be inspired. This is your moment. Excuses. We ain't having that. The Habits and Hustle podcast. Powered by Habit Nest. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.